Welcome back to Kind of Funny's The Matrix in Review. That's right. We are ranking, reviewing, and recapping every theatrically released Matrix movie. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Great evening to you, Tim. Great evening to you, Nick. Of course, we have the per- oh, the big doc, Kevin Coelho. What up, dude? What up, man? And joining us because it is The Matrix. We're bringing the one himself, Paris Lilly. What is going on? Excited to talk about it. Very excited to talk about it. Of course, today we're talking about The Matrix Reloaded because this is kind of funny's in review where each and every week we get together to rank, review, and recap two different movie franchises. Right now we're doing The Matrix and Spider-Man rewatch leading in to No Way Home. Uh, currently, every one of the seven live-action Spider-Man movie rewatches are live on YouTube.com slash kind of funny, so you can check them out there, or roosterteeth.com, but you can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for kind of funny in review, and we'll be right there for you. If you wanted to get the show live as we record it, and if you wanted to get the show ad-free, so you don't need to hear the ads we're going to tell you later for Babel, Overland, and Raycon, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like our Patreon producers, Molecule, Pranksy, and Greg Miller returns to content next month, Nick should quit now. Uh, so if you want to leave a fun message for us, patreon.com slash kind of funny is where you want to be. But either way, let's get into it. Today, we are talking about The Matrix Reloaded. With a run hour of, runtime of two hours and 16 minutes, it was released on May 15th, 2003, six months before the sequel. The Matrix Revolutions. Uh, runtime of 216, like I just said, directed once again by the Wachowskis. Music, once again, by Don Davis. And I just got to say, he really brings it this time. Like last time he had a couple themes that he had. This time he's like, fuck it, I'm going all out. We're using every instrument I've ever even fucking heard of. Shout out to you, Don. Shout out to you. Budget of $150 million, Box office of $739.4 million. Breaking Terminator 2 Judgment Day's record and becoming the highest grossing R-rated film of all time. Until Deadpool surpassed it in 2016. Wow, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nick, you, before the show went live, were just oozing, ready to go to talk no, about this movie. I, I want to start with you. I'd like to pass it off to Paris because I feel like we should start with some positivity. Because I have so many questions and so many like top-level critiques of this film. Because the thing is, I want to. I love The Matrix 1. I want to mm-hmm. like Reloaded and Revolutions because I want to go into 4 with my head on straight. But watching this movie, it just feels like it's at odds with itself and at odds with the first movie. So I want to kick it to Paris first. I want to defer to you because I feel like you're going to be super positive on it, or at least positive, more positive than me, so we can have some of that energy going into me. Yeah, I'll probably be more positive than you, but I'm not like, oh my God, this is the greatest movie of all time or anything like that. I do think what they were going for is misunderstood as kind of that middle movie, that bridge movie. And when we get into revolutions, I'll I'll elaborate onto that more, but there are moments in here that are, are great. Like I've obviously done a rewatch here recently, you know, to refresh my mind. And there's certain parts that hold up and there's other parts that absolutely do not. I, I think They tried to lean way too hard into some of the philosophical stuff, like with the architect as as an example. And they were kind of over explaining things that people sitting in in a theater, it's just going to go over their heads. It would take multiple viewings to try and understand it. I think the action scenes, a a few of them, like the highway chase scene is great. Um, I think the stuff with Smith 
especially watching it now with with the way CGI works, looks really bad. It's right. It looked bad. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, The 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 Merovingian is so underutilized in this movie, and he could have been such a bright spot as a villain. That that whole chateau fight that you have, um, you know, with the the Merovingian's henchmen. It still holds up to me, and and I give so much credit to Keanu Reeves for all the work that he had to put in to to get those moves down because the choreography in it is just really great, especially in the music as well. Um, biggest thing that I think holds this movie back, the number one thing is Zion. Uh, didn't need yeah. to go there. I I, yeah. I really you, you could have went there for five minutes and left, and I would have been fine. They spent way too much time in Zion, in my opinion, and also the twins as well way underutilized i i kept waiting to get more from them and we just simply did not get it and and again i know we'll talk about this throughout throughout this but that's kind of my opening thoughts that there was some root good there but there was just so much bad <laughs> at the same time that it held it back but as a bridge movie i think if revolutions could have paid it off and uplifted this to being better than it was but ultimately it didn't do that either it's 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 funny because that's the, that's pretty much we're on the same level, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and I'm glad to hear that uh, because watching this movie back, it's not that it angers me. I'm just mad that it's not better than it is. And I think the reason – I don't think I've ever watched The Matrix 1 and then The Matrix Reloaded almost back-to-back before. But there's a very distinct difference. The Matrix 1 deals yeah. with a complex, a complex concept in a very simplistic way. And it, and it introduces that very simplistically, and the action serves to back that up, and it's a fun movie. This movie gets so bogged down in this complex philosophical fate versus determinism argument. Yeah. And it's and you could tell the Wachowskis were way more like interested in telling the audience what that was all about than they were with actually furthering the story of the Matrix. And I think that's un, that's really to the detriment of the film, because at a certain point, it gets just so in like there's so much exposition of what they're talking but that's not even talking about the plot it's talking about the philosophy behind what the plot is supposed to be backing up that you just literally get lost and then you get bored and it sucks because it's almost like two movies it's like a philosophical conversation that that four people are having while wearing a lot a lot of leather um (laughs) and then awesome action sequences that go on for way too long that you just stop caring about because either the cg is not there or realistically you just don't care about what's happening in the movie and then yeah paris to echo your sentiment zion is such a slog it's like could you imagine a place that's just more of like like bogged down by i don't know it's like i feel like when they went to zion they should have found a way to make that more interesting but it's just really really depressing and everything in the movie is really depressing until you get to the merovingian which is ridiculous on a whole other level it's it's the movie almost feels like it was made by a different team. And, and it's, it's weird to say that because The Matrix, I think, really, really benefited by the constraints of being the first movie, of having the studio a little bit doubting what it was and having them being creative with some of their choices. This is, this is like prequels where it's like you can do whatever you want. You have you know, prequel Star Wars movies, anything you want, throw everything in the kitchen sink in there. And unfortunately, it's just way too much. Someone needed to come in and be like, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. This conversation with the architect, I'm not kidding. I've watched the scene maybe <laughs> four or five times in my life. I rolled it back seven times to try and figure out what the hell he was talking about because the way it's written is so convoluted that it's almost like they want you to be confused by it. 
And it reminds me a little bit of, and I don't, I don't want to bring this energy in because I know it's good, this is going to rile Kevin up, don't do this. but don't it reminds do this. me a little don't. bit of a lot of the exposition that was happening in Tenet, which is one of my biggest problems Such with that movie. movie. Only that was trying to explain to you the rules of the world and they needed that, where this is trying to explain to you complex philosophical ideas that I don't care about <laughs> or I should care about, but I just don't by the time we get to the end of this movie. You know, a couple things real quick before we move on. So you describing Zion to take this back to, to our Matrix in review. This is why Cypher was right. Give me the freaking blue pill. Oh, yeah, I'll stay. Why the hell would I want to go there? I'd rather stay in the Matrix. And then to bring kind of a gaming analogy into this that might go over some people's heads uh, that isn't into gaming. But like you're saying, I think the Wachowskis needed like a Rod Ferguson to come in and deliver this movie and cut some of the fat out because I think because the, the, there was the popularity of the matrix was so big that they pretty much had an unlimited budget to just do whatever they wanted. Right. And yeah, we, we, we got too much and it should have been trimmed down versus, you know, just like you said, just over explaining too much. That was just going to go over people's heads. Well, not only that, but when you get to Zion, they get off the ship. Who is the first person that runs up to him? The world's most annoying character. Yes. I'd be like, I'm it? getting back on the Nebuchadnezzar. Who is this that person? Sucks. Do they explain? The kid. He, it's the kid. And and to bring some... I guess, yeah. yeah. Well, no, 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 no. Okay. See, this is where you have to have watched the Animatrix. Because there's a whole... Ep Neo literally rescues... Yeah. He's called the kid. He rescues him and pulls him out of the Matrix. So he feels indebted to Neo. But if you never watch the Animatrix... You'd have, like you're saying, you'd have no idea who this is and why he's so just fanboy over Neo, but he literally is indebted to Neo because he saved him. I have no oh, god. Uh, this movie is just a unfortunate example of people having too much power. You know, what I mean, like it's the prequels all over again. Of I don't know that they. I I don't know. I I. I've never seen interviews with the Wachowskis to know how far along they had planned. Like, did they plan on doing The Matrix or was there a trilogy? Because it, it very much seems like The Matrix was the was movie they were planning and they end it this way being like, oh, it's so cool. And if it hits, we can make more. And then it hits on a level no one expected. And suddenly they're trying to figure out what the rest of the story is. But the the rest of the story doesn't have a lot of time to cook so there's a lot of cool ideas being like hey man vampires werewolf ghosts all that, that shit are programs that have gone awesome. wrong mm -hmm. or have been exiled and are just doing their own thing and it's like man let's explore that and it's like okay so we see two ghosts and they're cool they're you know they're cool yeah, let's they're just, squid people like, kind of yeah yeah uh and then we see a whole bunch of other stuff one one positive that i can pull out of here i think this lays down the seeds for the idea that there there's something else going on that we haven't figured out yet and i i honestly don't remember the revolution at all um revelation revolution so, revolutions yeah revolutions really yeah huh. plural all right <laughs> 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 no but like they they start talking about how there's this certain percentage that can't be fooled and that they're building the matrix around that i i i believe in the, the idea that like they have never left the matrix they're still in a, in a deeper layer of the mm -hmm. matrix also while i'm at it the weird party cut with the sex scene in between mm -hmm. man that was weird that was a that was certainly we had to see the whole sex scene we had we had yeah, to know that yeah. they, they, they completed 
Let me tell you one thing right now, man. Your life's in line every day. You're going out of the Nebuchadnezzar. You could die every single day. You are going back and you are having the sex as soon as you get back. Yeah, I mean, they friend. were not like that was a such a sad moment where they're making out like they're about to burst. And then the doors Jesus. open and there's like fucking 10,000 people out there that are like, we just want your attention for a second. For like each. a second. For like a second each. And it's like, all right, I, the dude has something he needs to do. They can't do it on the boat, clearly. No, they can't do it on the boat. (laughs) The boat. God, God. Yeah, I'm right there with all you guys uh, with with what this movie is, which is unfortunately a sequel to one of the best movies of all time. Like, it's such a stark contrast to last week's watch and review of that movie that just surely wowed me uh from every perspective and like to get to this it's it sure is a cash-in type sequel i I think that paris you nail it by saying it's too much i think that it's too much of almost every element that ironically makes every single element not have enough uh because there's a lot of cool ideas like what kev's talking about they do get deeper into the lore but i kind of feel like they were just like got into a room and we're like what is the matrix to you what is the matrix the, the movie to you what is it to you and they're just like cool it's crazy action scenes. It's ridiculously complex philosophical ideas. It's a lot of characters in crazy outfits. It's a lot of deep lore stuff. And so they go further than the first one did in all of those ways, but it then becomes lesser than because it doesn't add up into a cohesive whole, um, especially with the way that this ends. What a limp dick ending. I oh, cannot God, believe terrible. that the, the movie ends with the cliffhanger. And granted, the next movie was coming out six months after that. That's not exciting. Even I would have been like, uh, okay, sure. The trailer for three that's at the end, I love how over the top it is. I love how they're like, okay, if the end of this movie didn't get you hype, this trailer will. Um, but I just think storytelling-wise, it is such a bizarre beginning and a bizarre end to this film. And because of that, I think it is, I would say, closer to a bad movie than just a whatever movie. Um, but I will say the majority of this movie is just one giant fight scene. And I love the commitment to what it is. It is the character models dodgy as hell. Absolutely. Did it look good then? No. Does it look good now? No. no. <laughs> but I'll be freaking damned if the choreography is not fantastic. This is an anime fight in as close to live action as we'll get. And I think the choreography more than stands up now. It is so fun to watch. The music rises with it perfectly. I think the escalation of it all is so fun. And it really is just delivering Hey, 12-year-old little little boys that thought Neo was cool being able to do stuff. He's going to do it all in this. He's going to do literally every single thing. Nick Scarpino. So that leads me to I have two more criticisms of the movie before we get into the plot. One is that the Neo character is weirdly mispowered in this. Where you're like, what are his I got powers? Some that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't it's understand because in the last movie, he could jump through agents and explode, and explode them. And in this one, it seems like he's been his powers have been dumbed down for the sake of resetting them so we can tell another story. So Paris, put that put that on the shelf. We're going to come back right back to I want Yeah, to yeah. Because... Yeah, well, yeah, actually, I will. Riff off that right now. Go ahead. But I have one more. No, question. no, no. I, and I'll, I'll just make it super quick because I did want to bring that up. It, it's the Superman complex where you're you're overpowered. It's even like in the MCU with Captain Marvel, you're overpowered. So how do you have you be relevant and not just in the movie in five minutes? He's Neo. He can do whatever he wants inside right. the Matrix. He should be able to solve any problem he wants at any time. So you have to create a scenario like you're saying, where you depower him so he's still relevant 
you know, in the story, like even the whole thing with with the Merovingian fight where he gets locked, you know, he goes through the door and he's stuck up in the mountain somewhere. And now Morpheus and Trinity have to deal with the key maker and the agents on the freeway Mm -hmm. because of Neo's there. It's over. (laughs) He he solves it and it's done. It's it's little things like that. It's awesome. Yeah. Since I'm talking, I I do want to go back to one thing that that Kevin was talking about, about this being too much to kind of set because you're 100 percent spot on. And if you think about it, of course, they didn't have a plan after the first Matrix. So they were making up all this shit as as they went along from there. But if you think about everything that was going on at the time Reloaded was coming out, they shot Reloaded and the Revolutions back to back. They were making the Enter the Matrix video game. They were making the Path of Neo video game. They were doing the Animatrix as well. Plus, they had comics that were coming out. It was too much shit all at once. And the way they did it, a lot of the lore, like you said, with the werewolves and all that stuff, that was being told on the video game. Who's If you didn't play the game, you're not going to know that, and it's not going to make any sense to you. So I just think, like you said, they had too much power at the time, got way too ambitious, and this is what we got. Now, I'll give them credit, though, because from a, from a philosophical standpoint, what I love is that each, each of these two movies, the first Matrix and the second movie, kind of delve into something that's really cool, right? The first one is like, what is reality? That's the question to ask. Mm-hmm. How do we perceive reality? How do we define reality? How do we define reality if we don't know we're in a simulation? I love that. This one, unfortunately, they chose to center around the concept of is something is is everything we do predestined or are we in charge of our own destiny? And that is an awesome, awesome, awesome thing to center around your movie. Unfortunately, we spend 95% of the time being told that every single thing our character does is predestined. Therefore, he has no actual choice, doesn't play into anything he does until the very end. So it's boring. Because every, at every single pass, someone goes, hey, you thought you, cho- you thought you were going to be here? No, nah, this is predestined. This is part of the program. And I find myself not caring about what's happening to Neo or any of these people, especially if it's specifically Morpheus, which does, unfortunately, does that character. It, it's very weird because he's at odds with himself. He's saying, I believe in this prophecy. Everything is predestined. All this stuff is happening. But we have to go and do this thing. And I'm like, well... It's just a weird thing to tell your audience. And I don't know if you guys felt that or not, or if I'm, if I'm lamenting too much on this. But I just think, like, whenever someone tells me all the shit that's unfolding is supposed to unfold, and no, none of these characters are actually responsible for their own actions or responsible for furthering the plot, which a character should be, then I just get super checked out with this stuff. And then when we do get to these cool fight scenes, I'm like, I don't care. Because yeah. someone just told me that this is going to end the way it's supposed to end, and therefore, I don't care. And that, right. that to me is the, the biggest bummer because like the first 45 minutes of this movie, I like, I do not like, like they actively, I think that what they're showing me, I'm like, I don't want to know more about this. I don't want to see more right. of this cave. I don't like the speech that you're giving Morpheus. Like it's so much shit that I'm like, man, this is so not what I'm looking for from this. That by the time we get to the fight scene, my mind and brain have just turned off and I'm just like, okay, now I'm just looking at cool stuff that I, admittedly I think is really cool just because it's fun to see people hit visually each other yeah. creative or in creative ways. But like the one, the nicest thing, I can give this movie is there is 45 minutes essentially from the Smith fight all the way to the end of the car chase scene that I think this is the best movie ever made to watch at a bar um, without audio. You know what I mean? Like just have it on, just be looking at it be like while you're just drinking with your homies, just be like, this is fucking crazy. Cause there's so much insane shit going on. That's cool as fuck. The highway chase with Morpheus, like going out, slicing the car with his uh, sword and then pulling his gun out. It's like, it is so over the top and there's their sheer goal. Their only goal for the fight scene of this movie was cool. 
Let's just do something cool. What's the coolest thing we could do here? Mm-hmm. Now it's the coolest thing we do there. What's the coolest thing? And I think that they accomplished the cool. They didn't accomplish anything else. Well, yeah. And to me, it's like, I, I love that, that. There's a couple shots in this that I think are probably the most beautiful in all the Matrix movies, for sure. But, you know, it's, it's, it, you're spot on, Tim. I'm, I'm agreeing with you 100%. I, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. There's so many Kev? things, though, if you think about it just for a moment. Oh, that's awesome. Like, just for a moment everything collapses where it's like all right somebody just crashed into this car and then it exploded the car exploded because someone crashed on into it or the car the car flipped over and then it just explodes when morpheus cuts the side i guess like okay he shot it he shot the car to be fair oh he did yes you're right he shot the gas he shot the gas tank right which wouldn't doesn't work Uh, like that but all right what I was going to say um, was that I, there's also some really good kernels in here. I love, I wish that this movie had just been about the other programs that had gone like, that are like outdated, like the vampires, wolves, and stuff like that. Because I love the Agent Smith storyline, which is sidelined in this, unfortunately. It is cool, yeah. But, and you could tell they were like, that's going to be the third one. So let's, let's set that up in this one. And it is way cooler in the third one because the idea of an agent going rogue and being a virus in, in the Matrix and taking over it and then them having no future spoilers to come to the one who can control that to help kill that virus. That's all super cool. And I think that plays out really well in the third one. It's just in this one, you're like, whew, he's back. And Smith kind of comes off. And I don't know if you guys got this or not. Maybe it's just watching it 20 years later. But man, these, all these actors in the, in the same outfits with the same way of, of mannerisms of delivering come off as caricatures of themselves. It comes off yeah. almost as parody of the original movie. It's kind of It weird. does. Yeah, it does. But... Before we get to the plot, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Overland. You all know that Cozy is my middle name, Tim Cozy Gettys. But there's nothing I do every day that's cozier than slipping into some Overland sheepskin slippers. Uh, I've been loving them. Greg Miller's been loving them. But especially Gia Tap Harris has been loving them. She keeps talking about them all day. All I hear is slip, slip this and slip, slip that. She's just so comfortable. I see her all the time. Overland uses expert craftsmanship to pair the highest quality merino sheepskin, which is naturally moisture wicking, temperature regulating, and antimicrobial with supportive memory foam midsoles in order to make slippers that feel better and wear better for longer if you don't want to wait another day to slip it in something way more comfortable get the best highest quality sheepskin slippers on the market at overland.com slash kind of funny you'll get free shipping and free returns and i recommend you go today because these slippers are so beloved that they've been known to sell out and slip off the shelves uh, that's overland.com slash kind of funny overland.com slash kind of funny Next up, shout out to Babbel. Learning a new language can feel intimidating. I worried about the level of difficulty, the time commitment, and you know what? Having to hear my accent out loud. Don't like any of that. But thanks to Babbel, the number one selling language learning app, the whole process can be addictively fun, fast, and easy. Greg Miller's been using this, and it's helped him to learn to communicate with Jen and her family, which is more important than ever now that they have a new member of their family uh, joining them. So this is this is a whole thing now. Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Right now, 
when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use code MORNING. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com with the code MORNING. Babbel, language for life. And finally, shout out to Raycon. Tis the season of drowning in holiday gift guides. You can shop at 10 different places or you can start your shopping at Raycon and get a gift. Everyone will use some Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycons give you great audio quality wherever you go, whether you use them to pump up, wind down, to work or work out. And they start at half the price of other premium audio brands. Plus, their latest model has three new sound profiles, pure, balance, and bass mode. So your audio quality is crisp, whether you're listening to EDM or a podcast. Podcast. One of my really good friends, Vincent. I was just hanging out with him last weekend, and he's been telling me he uses the Raycons to work out with, and that boy's getting swole. So, hey, that's all I'm saying. The holidays are coming up faster than you think. Now is the time to knock out that gift list and avoid the last-minute shipping scramble, especially because right now you guys can get 15% off site-wide with the code HOLIDAY at buyraycon.com slash kindoffunny. Go to buyraycon.com slash kindoffunny and use the code HOLIDAY to Day to get 15% off your entire Raycon order. Buyraycon.com slash kind of funny. Nick, let's go. The Matrix reloaded. I believe it is our fate to be here. It is our destiny. I believe that this night holds for each and every one of us the very meaning of our lives. Hearing Lawrence Fishberg say that line. So good. Everything. I don't care. He's so good at delivering these lines, a lot of which in this, unfortunately, come off as cheesy. But for that one, I actually really like that one. Uh, hey, we're in the Matrix. We go through the Matrix. We end up one of those cool time clocks. Kevin, can we have those at the studio so you guys can know that I, I wake up at like 930? I don't know what you're talking about. What clock? The, the, punch, in? the punch clocks. That's what I meant. At the Not beginning. Yeah. The punch clocks. Uh, yeah, that will only reflect poorly on us if I'm being okay. <laughs> <laughs> like someone's job is going to be to look at those and be like, oh, Oh, everyone's it'll all over be the mine, place. But I'll tell you what, when we get to Greg's and it has nothing but gold stars on it for himself, it's going to be hilarious. Uh, <laughs> Trinity throws a motorcycle at some guards and then lands like Florence Pugh makes fun of uh, Black Widow for in Black Widow, which is hilarious. Uh, and then uh, she kicks asses and calls back to the team and says, I'm in. Then we cut to her immediately falling out the window as the agents follow uh, shooting at her. And there's just bullet time. There's so much bullet time in this. So there's so many bullet there. effects that are everywhere. And this is the first example of the movie being just a little too much because this scene goes on for so long there she's legit, falling for so long i paused and i was like oh shit i started the wrong place and i was like oh no, no. this is I how mean, it starts we, we see like, it what's again happening? Yeah, no oh, yeah, we yeah, see, yeah oh yeah. we see the whole thing again yeah which yeah, i was yeah, like yeah. uh because like yeah it, it is a bummer because like this should be cool and i don't remember if i thought it was cool 20 years ago but i didn't think it was cool now Nope. Uh, but it was all a dream. Neo wakes up aboard the Nebuchadnezzar as Morpheus and the dude from Oz uh, make their way to rendezvous with another ship. And by the way, Link will forever be the dude from Oz for me because Oz, you always be. watched it. Yeah. Mercutio. Oh, see, he's Romeo and Juliet. My touchstone for him is that he was in Oz and Oz was traumatizing as a kid for me to watch. Yes. yes. Very, he's fucking awesome in it. But he was, <laughs> but it was very traumatizing. So he will forever be that and guy. And you're immediately uh, hit with the question, what happened to Tank? Or Yeah, Tank. Like, they answer survived. it later. Oh, yeah, they answer he, it later. He, he, in real life, he wanted too much money. That's yep. what happened to him. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. The wrong call. Because <laughs> in, yeah, in canon, this is six months after Matrix mm-hmm. 1. Ah. He, um, do, does, they don't ever clarify exactly what happened. They just say he died, right? But are we, we're to assume that he died from the wounds. A broken heart, uh, I think. Cypher. <laughs> yeah, broken heart. Gave sure. up to Will to live. Not quite sure. <laughs> 
Uh, let's see. Uh, Morpheus tells Link to trust him if he wants to continue aboard his ship. Uh, Trinity asks Neo about his dream, and he wishes he knew what to do. We cut over to the Matrix as the team of leaders. Uh, we, we get all the, the, the ship leaders in the scene. And this is the first one where I was like, these costumes were a choice. Now, they're starting to look a little weird. When everyone's standing next to each other and everyone's in the same, like, ridiculous level of getup, I'm like, there's not one person. There's not one person. Who's just in when jeans. When they imagine themselves. And a nice sweater. Jeans. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would love it if they cut nice over to like, yeah, I wore <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Well, it's weird, too, because I, I feel like that is one of the things that uh, when we when earlier when I was talking about the committee of people making this and asking, what does the Matrix one mean to you? I don't think anybody answered cyberpunk. And I feel like they probably should have because we don't really get any of those elements, which the first one was kind of like that felt like the in the Matrix, the reality is like that is the underbelly. That is the the vibe. And in this, it's not that at all. So it does kind of feel more like Matrix costumes as opposed to what these people would be wearing in the world to some extent going to yeah. like crazy raves and it, it, it's disappointing because like that the world is one of the major characters of this movie the levels of world and yeah. it, i feel like they they kind of gave up a bit on that to focus on a lot more of the zion rags and stuff and when you take that too far it gets weird as well well they took that too far for sure and that's <laughs> the thing too is like you want them to iterate a little bit on this stuff you want them to yeah. evolve a little bit on this stuff like it's i know that it's silly to say but like in star wars obviously when like the stormtroopers change a little bit obviously they do it for toys but it feels like we've progressed a little bit as we're doing this stuff when they go back and they're literally like the glasses <sighs> paris what's up so i actually have a question about this scene because i was thinking about this when i just watched it the other day why have this because the meeting is about the machines digging and going to zion yeah, right why? Why are you having this meeting in the Matrix? Why are you not having this meeting at Zion with everyone present? I don't know. <laughs> well, because they were out there broadcasting, right? Yeah. Yes, that kind of yeah, makes sense. So right? I, all, like, I, but like, yeah, there's no reason to be in the Matrix. You're right. <laughs> at all. <laughs> well, we get introduced to the rest of the ship captains. Um, Wait, let's sorry. See one more question. What is Morpheus asking? Like he's asking one party to stay broadcast for the or for the Oracle because the, because no one's heard from the Oracle since the events of the first movie, right? So they're so, saying like be like leave people in the the Matrix if if the Oracle to... attempts to contact them. Got it. Right. Yeah. Which again, well, I, I'll leave that for the third movie. Sorry, continue. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there's another contradiction, but I'll leave that for the third movie. Let's see. Uh, they're all talking. They, they agree. Uh, I think it's one of the ships agrees to stay. Uh, I forget which one it is. I think it's the Mauser. Uh, anyway, uh, agents arrive outside and Neo gets the Peter tingle while Morpheus tells the captains that the Oracle needs to be consulted. Uh, yes, I did, in fact, watch Far From Home before, right before I watched this movie this weekend. So you're going to get a, a lot of Peter tingle was. in this. Oh. Eh, that's a good call. Uh, set me, it made me happy going into this. Morpheus asks the one ship to stay. Uh, Agent Smith drops off a package for Neo, a gift to help set him free. And it's this like little earbud thing. And Neo's like, well, We're this is weird. Uh, and then agents break uh, from setting him free. I like that break. gift a lot, too. I feel like it was a cool little message. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, agents break through the steel door and we start and we just start fighting. And again, Neo's like, oh, I'm impressed by this. And they kind of, this is the one line we get to explain why Neo's underpowered, where he just says, upgrades. (laughs) Okay. So like what, they got upgraded, so now he can't fucking burst through them with a a burst of light? I don't know. It's weird. This, This is the first scene that I'm like, wow, they're really off in this movie. Because 
you could tell they were like pacing wise we need another action sequence here it needs to happen and it just it feels like it sticks out of place to me at least i, I yeah, do feel like the 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 action is fun and at the end of the day i don't feel like neo had like has any trouble dispatching them it just feels like at this point he should be able to snap his fingers yeah and that's yeah, kind of but yeah i don't know i, I kind of get the feeling that he can but he's enjoying this like same thing with uh when he's fighting all of the uh smiths later like i kind of like he at any point he could fly away but i kind of think that he digs having this power and being able to defeat them so i kind of feel like there's an easier path but like he likes being able to prove that he can defeat mm. these machines but see, that's also a fault of the script in the movie to where you should, as an audience, we should get this display of arrogance from Neo sure. to, to kind of show that, oh, he's just toying with these guys because he's arrogant and then have a moment where his arrogance gets the best of him. Right. That never happens. Smith, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, of course, after this whole thing is done, Neo beats them easily and then flies away. Then Smith comes off and squares uh, off against himself. And he says the, the flyaway scene. Like, I, I think this is awesome. I think that the way they handle the Superman, like, taking off and also mm -hmm. the way that we see him, like, zooming around and the effects that it has, it's goofy. And But one thing is there's a lot of the 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 character model CG stuff that doesn't work for me. No. But I do think that just like the first movie, there's a lot of physics in this movie that I love that they commit to the vibe and look of the VFX. I believe that that's how that looks in the matrix there's a fight scene uh with the meridian when uh people are like kind of cartwheeling in the air and stuff yeah. and it kind of almost looks like they're uh on a in, in after effects and you just kind of put one point here and one point here and they're just going on a straight line but like i vibe with that because i i feel like the that's an artistic choice as opposed to bad cg it just is often coupled with bad cg models so it looks mm -hmm. bad yeah agreed uh, we get a quick line of uh, from Smith here where he says that went as expected. It happened exactly as before. Well, not exactly. So this is the first hint that we get that stuff has happened before. Uh, and then he goes over to the Oracle's house, but no one's home. Again, the CG here, not great. Nebuchadnezzar approaches the gates of Zion. And I'll tell you what, I love the effect of the Zion control operating uh, operators, control, yeah, like, like operating in a construct. I think that's super cool. It's All so white, funny that like they're Tron. in the Matrix. Like it, they're, they're, I guess I would imagine it's their own Matrix, right? Yeah. It's right. like a mini yeah. construct, like mini yeah. program, like a, you know, your own little Like the training network. program we saw in the first movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they do yeah. that, obviously, just to, to be able to, like, jack in and not have to have a physical, like, space to, sure, to control sure, sure. this stuff, which I think uh, is cool. Real quick, one one more thing I want to add about the last scene where he flies off. I like that, that Link is, like, he's doing a Superman thing. And, mm -hmm. the, you know, it's like. So cool. I like Link. I like Link a lot. I like, and Link I, too. I like his character. I mean, I miss Tank because he was dope as hell, but um, I, I really like that. Or, or Dozer. Which one was the one that we got more of? Uh, Dozer's Tank. the older, Tank. bigger brother. Tank. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but I really like Link being kind of just a Neo fanboy. Like, not in the way that the, the, the kid is, but in the way of, like, anytime he does something cool, we always cut back to Link, and he's like, yes! He's doing it! Oh! And I, I just love that. It, it is unfortunate that it wasn't, it wasn't uh, tank though yeah i think that would have helped we already had a whole movie with him we liked him mm -hmm. i think the actor was likable too this is no disrespect to yeah. um god dang it i keep forgetting his name harold um yeah harold something Paranew. i can't remember harold yeah. 
I got to get it right because he's in everything. Um, there's no disrespect to Harold Perrineau, phenomenal actor, but I think he's got, he has unfortunately some making up to do where he's like, I need the audience to like me. I have to be that character that's telling them like all the cool stuff that's happening. They're seeing it through my eyes. But Tank, I think, could have just done that easier. I think it would have been a path of least res- less resistance. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing with with him specifically, which I think he represented, which was in, in a bigger scale, like with, with Locke and other people in Zion, is he was a non-believer. He didn't 100% believe in the one saving humanity and everything. And obviously we find out that Morpheus is almost kind of considered a crackpot in that way where not everyone's on board with all his beliefs and everything with Neo. And I I thought that was actually kind of important. Me too. It's interesting because I feel like they set it up that, that uh, that's the case where we get Locke kind of being his, someone who doesn't care what he's saying, but then we see him like, talk in front of this giant crowd of people that are just losing their shit and so ready to party afterwards that you kind of get the sense that like he's not like the you know the person that's off it's it seems like he's got a pretty decent sized backing well i think there's i think there's two things going and i like this right and i think i like this lock character even though um uh, what's his name harry lennox plays the exact same character in every movie. Yes, it's the the voice. (laughs) You can't help it. (laughs) It's great. I mean, the guy's got great screen presence, right? Uh, But I like this ideological clash, right? Where it's like the prophecy believing, it's almost like religion versus like, uh, I guess science, but, well, that's not probably the right word, but like Locke is like, look, we've got very real set of circumstances here. I need all my ships back and I'm just trying to keep this place as safe as possible and protect as possible and Morpheus believes in something different and I like that. Um, I don't, like that they decided to introduce Niobe's character in this simply to be a love interest and sort of another point of contention for these two actors. Uh, I think it kind of is a misuse of Jada Pinkett Smith, and I don't think they really give her anything specifically to do other than to kind of ping pong back and forth between these two guys. Pause real quick on that. See, again, another trivia thing. She's the star of the video game Enter the Matrix. So That's where her whole whole storyline is, her and Ghost. Who's the other guy? Is it Ghost? That's Ghost, yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. That game's I mean, fantastic, by the way. I remember. I think I played that game actually. That was the one where you. Was there a, a, a moment in that game where the agents uh, chase you for a long period of time and it's really, really hard? Yeah, Probably. yeah, I played it. Yeah, I think um, so. Yeah, <laughs> great game. I hate that part. Uh, anyway, we're also introduced to the kid, and the kid's super annoying. But he's like, hey, yeah, everything's gonna be great. There's a big party tonight. It's like, kid, just dial it back. Yeah, you're at eleven. I need you at like five right now. Yeah. It now. Um, um, Sorry, if we watch the Animatrix, like, is is it worth watching? Like, will it? hundred percent. Oh, the anime. Honestly, you should probably do an interview on the Animatrix. It's that good. It's really good. That's it's better than this. Right do you mean, Kevin? You like Star Wars Visions, right? I have never seen it. Oh, okay. Well, then never mind. You should watch that too. It's on uh, my list. Also, it's on my list. We also meet Counselor Han here, who tells Locke that people must be appraised of the current situation. He asks Morpheus what they should do, and Morpheus is like, just tell them the truth, man. They have nothing to fear. I believe very soon the prophecy will be fulfilled and we'll, ha- we'll all uh, be aces. Uh, Trinity and Neo get it on in the elevator, but then when they go, when, they, when the elevator opens, a bunch of people who think Neo is their savior kill that boner dead. Uh, and he's dead. like, she's like, they need you right now. And he's like, I need you. And she's like, we'll, we'll, we'll bang it out tonight, bro, bro. Don't worry about it. Uh, Link heads home. For some, his words, not mine, P word, uh, but then finds his niece and nephew inside. And he's like, oh, uh, they're there. Uh, we get that. Uh, he, he <laughs> That's a lot. I'm just going to say it. It's a lot. <laughs> this is how the scenes are written. I'm just writing it down. I'm just I'm just I'm just the messenger, Tim. Don't kill the messenger. Z, Tim, of it's very clear. No one can have so, like you can't come on any of these boats. Maybe it's no. bad for the ship. 
I don't know what. You can't. It's just not possible. And, uh, well, when they get back to Zion, there's one thing on their mind and only one thing. And that's sex. Uh, Z, of course, who's Dozer's sister, um, gives Link grief. Uh, I guess Tank's sister as well, right? Because what, yeah. Link and Dozer were their brothers, right? Uh, gives Link grief for being a crew member of the Nebuchadnezzar because that ship is always into shit. Uh, he believes in, but he's like, I believe in Morpheus and everyone else thinks he's crazy. Uh, he says, after being on that ship and seeing Neo do the things he can do, I gotta say, I'm starting to believe him too. We head to the gathering where Counselor Han gives the opening prayer, which is another weird moment here. So he's sort of giving like a, a, a prayer message and you're like, okay, so this there is, a, there is a spirituality or like at least a belief in the other here that you're not seeing with your eyes, which makes sense. Uh, then he kicks it over to Matrix, uh, to, to Morpheus, who he's like, and, and all these people talk like they're in a Shakespearean play. And it's very, very weird. Uh, he goes, I give you Morpheus. And it's like, do we have to say that? And then Morpheus gives a speech where it's like, wow, Lawrence Fishburne, great actor. But- can see, he could read the fucking telephone book and I would listen to him, but this speech is, is just yeah. so, so much. Over the top. It's so over the top. Uh, and he says, I stand here without fear because I remember that for a hundred years we have fought these machines. After a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here. Not the most comforting words. I'd be like, so we haven't beat them in a hundred years. We've just managed to stave off disaster. It doesn't matter. He says, tonight, let us shake this cave. Tonight, let us tremble these halls of dirt, steel, and stone. Tonight, let us make them remember this is Zion, and we are not afraid. Tonight, we dine in hell. Let's party. And then Naomi tells Morpheus, she remembers when he used to dance. And he's like, I know what you mean by dancing. Again, back to Kevin's thing. No one can bang on these boats. And, and they just want to do it. They want to get it done. And then Locke gets super protective of her. And it's like, why did we have her in this movie at all? It's just so, it's just disrespectful to, uh, to Jada Pinkett Smith. Maybe Jada, was she Jada Pinkett? Yeah, she was Jada Pinkett Smith back yep. then, right? Yeah, they've been married for a long time. Uh, people start passing out. Molly and Trinity shows up with no bra and Neo uh, beelines to her so they can get it the on while the, the gathering people, turns to a dirt rave. What's up, Kevin? The amount of people wearing mesh tops, just nipples yes. it's everywhere. Just there are so many up. nipples. And again, I Thousand guess extras could... in this scene. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. No underpants. No one, no. fun fact, no people, underpants. zero underpants. Yep. Uh, we see lots of wet feet and bodies grinding against each other while Neo Ew. and Trinity bang it out above. This is Wait, the way it really is. Feet? Were there really There's feet? There's a lot of feet. It's very People aren't wearing shoes you know? in this world? Mm-mm. They don't need That's it. That's horrible. Put, plug me back in. That's my line, just so everyone knows. You don't like stinky feet? <laughs> no, everyone's going to get toe fungus or like, you know, like weird sores. And... Mm-mm. I'm out. I digress. Uh, scene goes on for a very, 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 very long time. A very yep. long time. Just like the movie. So long. Uh, of course, Neo can't get the sight of Trinity dying out of his mind. He loses. Uh, he just kind of is, is distant. Says, I can't lose you. You're not. She says, you're not going to lose me. You feel this. I'll never let. I'm never letting go. And it's like, well, people got to stop promising shit in movies because you can't really control this stuff. You don't know what's around the corner. Uh, Zion shuts down for the night. While up above in the Matrix, the last team left behind tries to get out. Agent Smith takes over Bane and uses the phone to exit the Matrix. And you're like, oh, they can get out too. Counselor Han has a quick chat with Neo about their sleeping habits. And Han invites him to the engineering room. And they have a cool conversation here, right? This is one of those moments where I was like, oh, I do like this. I don't mind taking yeah. a moment where he's like, see these machines? They help keep us alive. One, one, one question about Bane exiting. Like, wouldn't the the pilot or whatever i'm sorry I, I forgot the name of the dude that like runs the operator the operator wouldn't he even notice something you should have seen it yeah yeah because he's watching yeah yeah, yeah. 
Guess he was, he was he was on a smoke Pump. break. Guess he didn't yeah, see he's, it. He's outside the boat just having a cigarette. Having a good time. Um, I, cool was, concept. I don't think it's handled yeah. well at all. Yeah. And I think this is the scene where he goes, oh, God. And he goes, Smith will suffice. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Lord, this is bad. Yeah. Uh, but it's a cool idea of Smith kind of entering the Matrix and being able to, to make more Smiths. Uh, or, yeah, exit the Matrix uh, to the real world and making more Smiths and stuff. Like, it's such a cool concept, but it, it is not shown well. Like, I feel like the next time we see Bane, I'm, like, asking way more questions than I should be for what is a very simple concept. Yeah. Well, the next time we see Bane, isn't it when he's walking around with a blade, like, trying yeah. to go kill Neo? Yeah. Yeah. Which is weird. I mean, is it, though? I mean, he, I guess it makes sense that he, like, somehow, what just doesn't make any sense is, like, if someone's consciousness suddenly took over your body, they wouldn't know. It. Like, there's no way they're not getting caught, right? Yeah. I haven't been Nick in three years, and you guys oh never know. <laughs> right You'd probably be nice, and we'd be like, "Who is this old man? Like, what the hell happened to him?" Uh, again, just going back to the scene, I like I like that they touch on the fact that it's like there has to be a symbiotic relationship between humans and machines. Foreshadowing, very good, not for this movie, but for the next one potentially. Stop with the cool. future spoilers, Nick. Future spoilers, and, and saying uh, no future spoilers, and then future spoiling doesn't doesn't count. <laughs> Just so but you I know. recognize that I'm doing something wrong. And no, you said fun. no future spoilers it's and then future fun. spoiled. I'm saying I'm telling myself, but then I do it. Anyway. Uh let's see. Uh we talk they talk about all this stuff. Kind of cool. Um Let's see. Ballard comes and brings Neo a message from Oracle. Uh, Z gives Link her lucky rose uh, beads or something, or like necklace, and Link promises to come back. Uh, again, stop making promises. You don't know you can keep. Bane trips out real hard and tries to kill Neo, but that stupid kid comes in and gives Neo a <laughs> gift from one of the orphans. It's a messed up spoon. And it's like, why would the spoon be messed up here? No, it wasn't a messed up spoon. It was just a old spoon. Oh, so he just with teeth marks because kids don't know how to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it <laughs> it just it means that that kid that he met made it out, which is like why. It's better in the Matrix. We all know that now. Mm -hmm. uh, Neo jacks back into the Matrix and heads to the Oracle. Yeah. He meets Seraph, who is uh, it doesn't look like a normal agent. He's like pure light. So we're gonna see these kind of programs or these uh, different programs mean that. And he and Neo fight. Um, for what Seraph says is because you don't really know someone until you fight them. But what I think is that they were like, we need a fight scene here somewhere. Yeah. Again, this boring. is perfect example of like, what would be the coolest thing this guy could say? Oh, you don't know someone until you fight them. And then they fight and it's a cool fight. Sometimes it doesn't need to just be cool though. It needs to make sense. It needs to be built too. There was too many characters, too many new characters too that they're introducing characters. in this movie. The amount of characters that are introduced and then gone in the next five minutes is just not acceptable for uh, a movie that should be deeper than this yep but see um, i I'd, I'd also say again with this seraph fight again they're doing it just you know to to be cool this is another example of neo being depowered because why not just end this immediately you're neo you, you can do whatever you want in the matrix you could have just snap your finger and like stop i'm not fighting you who the hell are you and be done but exactly. instead you, you want to look cool yeah. But I mean, his powers don't actually work like that, though, right? Like he can stop bullets, but I don't think he can stop programs whenever he wants. But see, if you go by the end of the first movie, he now realizes he's the one. He sees the code. He what? what how, how did how how did Morpheus put it during the woman with the red dress? Um, basically, the rules do no longer apply to him. He he can do whatever he wants. Again, he's God. He's Superman in in right. this world, so he shouldn't have to fight anyone. Um, let's see, Oracle. He has to go to the Oracle. Oracle introduces the idea. Then this is another heavy scene. Programs 
Rogue programs are the reason why we have myths about ghosts and angels and vampires and werewolves and aliens. Uh, and the system is assembling a program that's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. Uh, programs can uh, hack other programs. Maybe it's because it breaks down another program to create. There's lots of stuff about the programs here. When a program can go rogue, uh, sometimes they have to hide. When a program breaks uh, from its designated purpose down, it can either hide here or return to the machine mainframe. Okay, that's cool. Uh, where the path of the one ends. And he's like, what's that? He goes, it's a door made of light. What happens when you go through the other side? Uh, and she's maybe Trinity dies. We don't know. Uh, Neo has to understand why he's made the choice to either let Trinity die or not. And this scene is a little convoluted and kind of confusing to me. Uh, she said you can save Zion if you reach the source, but for that you'll need the Keymaker. Um, he's being held in a prison by the Merovingian, and this is one of those moments you're like, okay, so we have to go get the Keymaker to get to the source, to get to the door, got to get to the Merovingian. Now we're getting into Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker territory. Yes. Yes. And it's just, <laughs> and on top of that, uh, I feel like because so many characters are being introduced one after the other with pretty ridiculous names, like you're kind of trying to piece things together and like keep track of it all. And the fact that there's a character named Locke and then there's a key master, it's like, it, it feels like it, it thinks it's more clever than it is. Cause like, right. it just feels like some things that either should add up or should be very different than each other are often just kind of like, this feels deep. It's deep. People are going to find meaning here, but it's like, I'm not finding the meaning. Agreed. And, and I would also say this is, and this is un, unfortunately Gloria Foster's final performance uh, that we see here, but as an Oracle, but it also begs the question. She is just a part of the system, right? Because if she wasn't, why are you helping the architect by pushing Neo towards, you know, you know, his quote unquote destiny, you know, to go back to the source and not at least warn him or help him understand what what's going on. So in, in, in we'll talk about it in the third movie, but right there makes you start to second guess is the Oracle really on the side of humanity? Right. And, 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 you know, it's, 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 they're interesting ideas, but when you're, you know, when you're making a film like this, you have to be very careful. You have to be very careful that you don't, because once you tell the audience, oh, you can't trust anyone, that can backfire very easily. Yeah. And it can, it can make for the audience kind of checking out. And that's what I find myself doing in this, because I like the Oracle. And the Oracle is the person that tested Neo in the first film. And now you're telling me that she doesn't, she's not really in, in, in charge of any of this shit. So she doesn't really know what she's doing. She's just following these lines of code. Eh, come on, guys. Uh, anyway, we talk about Smith a little bit here, understood the rules, uh, but he was compelled to stay and disobey. This is a long conversation right after another long conversation that introduces mm -hmm. a lot of interesting ideas. It's like, it's two scenes in one, basically. Smith is looking for purpose. They're here to take from Neo what he tried to take from them, which was that purpose. Uh, and then Smith, oh, this, I'm sorry, <laughs> right, because the Oracle goes away and then Smith walks in and then we get another long scene. And it's like, this really couldn't be broken up in any other way. And then Smith punches Neo and starts infecting him with with uh, this like black goose substance. But Neo fights back and we get another fight scene with all the Agent Smiths. Uh, another agent comes on the scene, but Smith uh, goose him and then makes another Smith and he goes, me, 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 me too. And it's like, oh, no, no. Here we go. Oh, no. And then the scene has some great moments and some really bad CG. Love the part where Neil pulls the pull out. Hate everything that comes next. It all looks like a video game cutscene and not a video, a current gen cutscene. It looks like a video game where you'd look at that and be like, wow, I can't believe how bad that looked back then. Yeah. Now, games no, but see, way. but I will say, again, the choreography is fantastic. And I, I this isn't just like, oh, it's a, a bad PS2 cutscene. It's like, I think this is a really, 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 really good PS2 cutscene. It's just, at the end of the day, it looks like a PS2 cutscene. Right. But 
that it, I put it up there with like the Ani Musha three opening as opposed to like what we normally get in things. Like I love what they're doing here. Him pulling out the pole, like hitting everyone but, with it, sticking it down, running around and kicking everyone in the face. It's like it is so goofy and ridiculous, cool. but like this is it's cool. And it's like if if you're telling me that this guy is the one and he can do whatever he wants, this is the type of fight scene I want to see. Again, I'm not arguing it looks good and I do wish it looked a lot better, but I would rather it look like this and have amazing choreography than it look like an MCU movie and get what we normally get in MCU movies for with action scenes. Yeah, but it's just to me, it still reads as vapid, right? You get halfway through the scene, you're like, why do I care about this? Why is any? Why do I care about any of this stuff? It's just fine. At a certain point, it just becomes action for action's sake, and that's not the sign of a well structured movie. Uh, I think we're all on the same page of this, but I do remember watching this back in the time and being like, this looks like a PS2 cutscene. Yeah, but we're in the PS4 generation. Like, I remember this looking very this the, the fabric in this specifically. I had like flashbacks of watching peter climb the wall for the first time in the in the sam raimi spider-man where you're like that looks real the fabric looks really bad in this we should stay away from it and unfortunately and then the other problem is like everyone's just the same and neo's in this long like priest-like robe and it just all kind of muddles together um but we can keep going uh smith calls in more agents they pour onto neo and droves he gets overpowered at first and then he bowls them all down with a literal bowling ball hitting pin sound effect. Don't know if you guys yes. caught that one. Oh, yes. Horrible. And then Neo tells the team that Smith is copying. Uh, Neo flies away. And then he tells the team that uh, Smith is copying himself. And, and, when, and when they ask what it felt like, it was like it felt like dying. A um, note there, though, uh, with the sound effects. It's like, Jesus Christ. I, again, this is me praising something that I enjoy because of how much it committed to the cartooniness, not adding to this being a good movie. I love the kung fu sound effects i love how many whips there are every single thing and when you're fighting 80 people it gets ridiculous this cacophony of just sounds and noises everywhere and i just love that the score is relentless again the amount of instruments in this song are so fucking funny the amount of different types of drums happening to kind of represent the chaos going on i just love that they're like uh, how, how much should we do for the fight scene all of it and they're like okay cool fuck it times two and they just keep going yeah but then there's also the moment of like they were like, this is going to be really cool because you're going to see all these Agent Smiths. And first off, the effect doesn't get sold um, unless they're actually doing it practically, which is that they just mirror him, you know, on green screen. But then even that kind of feels like they didn't really know what they wanted to do with it because it's just Smith looking all over the place like an idiot. There's <laughs> just like 300 of them. He's like, like, it would have been cool if all of them were just like in sync looking at the same, like looking at this at the same thing, but from different directions. I think that would have played a lot better. But Hey, you know what? They're billionaires, and I'm not. Uh, Locke tells the console, all the captains, uh, and all the captains, that the machines are really serious this time. The console asks about the fate of the Nebuchadnezzar. They tell Locke to send two ships to find the Nebuchadnezzar and figure out what happened to the one. Why? Uh, can they not send back messages? Do we not have some sort of way to communicate between ships? I don't know. Locke is compelled, uh, is completely baffled by the console's decision to risk the lives of two more captains. Captain Soren from the Vigilant answers the call. Um, Bane tries to get his camps captain of volunteer but his fucking captain shuts his shit down he's like bro I'll fucking I, I forget how the terminology he uses but it's awesome uh and then captain naobi shut your hole bane before i put you in one before i put you in <laughs> one like a badass <laughs> uh and then uh captain naobi of the lagos answers the call as well naobi tells Locke um that she's doing what she can because uh, sometimes, because uh, some things never change, uh, and some things do, which echoes her sentence, uh, uh, which she talked to, to Morpheus last, which I think means that she likes Morpheus again, but I'm not quite sure. She calls um, his bitch ass Jason. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Just like, yo, we're not gonna call you some cool name here. No, you're Jason. You're just Jason. Jason's a fine name, but when you say it like this, Jason. Anyway, Neo, Morpheus, and Trinity head up 
to see the Merovingian, of course, uh, who was French, apparently. Uh, what a nice surprise. Why not? And Persephone is there, too, played by Monica Bellucci. Uh, the Merovingian talks a lot about wine and uh, and wiping his ass. And, all, and this is a With long silk. scene. With silk. <laughs> uh, and we start to kind of wish they were dressed normal and talk normal and not be so stoic and not be so convoluted in how they talk. Uh, the longer we linger on this, uh, the more we kind of realize how ridiculous this whole thing is. That's a bunch of actors in costumes and makeup. The Merovingian tells them about that choice is an illusion. Everything is just causality, cause and effect. Again, echoing my big problem with this movie is that no one's actually in charge of their own destiny in this thing. Uh, he makes a woman orgasm with a piece of cake to illustrate how completely out of control everything is. And he goes to the bathroom and fucks her. He does indeed. Or I guess get blown uh, by her, but like I think he gets. I think it's a it's a yeah. beach. It's a yeah, beach. It's a not beach. an F. Yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, Monica Bellucci has but that still, bang. But still, like, like what a what a on. what a weird thing to do, and like what a weird like fucked up to be like. Look, I can make her get really turned on, and then take you know it's yeah, it's yeah. strange. But yeah. it's, it's interesting, but it's strange. But it, it, like it is. Go ahead. The whole point of it is that he talks about why. Why we do these things is the only real source of power. Uh, he tells them all to fuck off and, take, and then he has to go take a piss. And then the ghost twins come in to escort them out. But the idea behind it is like cause uh, all this shit's predetermined. Why we do it is the only real reason. But it's still a convoluted idea, right? Am I wrong? No, it, it, it is. Yeah, it is. And the, the point I was going to make on it, it is all silly and over the top, but it also illustrates because the Merovingian is a very old program who's basically been around since the beginning in previous versions of the Matrix. Right. So at this point, he's just bored. He's just bored. He's just, eh, right. Yeah, I'll make a, I'll make a program, make her orgasm. I'll talk shit to you. I'll wipe my ass with silk. I'll cuss you in French, whatever. I, you know, this is all old hat to me, you know, yeah, so it, that, that that's yeah. how I view that character. But I guess I think the problem I have with the character in the scene in general is that is is going back to that philosophical concept that he's like choice is an illusion, right? So everyone's on this on the on rails, right? This whole thing is a program; it's mm-hmm. all predetermined. He goes, the only real source of power is why, why we're all doing this. But that's in stark contradiction to what he just said. There is no why. Why we're all doing this is because it's a fucking program, because it's a loop. That's why. Um, and maybe that's the point. Maybe that's his point because I guess that's kind of what we conclude by the end of this movie. But. It just seems like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not smart enough to understand this. People in the chat, let me know in the comments below what your favorite cake is. Mine is Red I, Velvet. I, I would say from the, from the Merovingian standpoint, because he is my favorite character in, in all of this, right? Um, I, I do think he's a fascinating character that deserved more screen time and more exposition to kind of understand his motivations. But from the little bit that, that we do get, and, and this is... This is kind of teetering into Enter the Matrix, and I'll try and avoid this, the stuff in the third movie, but he wants to break the loop because he understands the loop. He he knows who Neo's is and the purpose mm, okay. and the key master. He understands. So he's trying to figure out a way, what can I do to break this cycle so I can stop doing this nonsense, which when we get into the third movie, it'll make more sense. But sense. he has an angle in here on where I want something from these guys. God. And See, if they give it to me, maybe all this madness can end for me. See, I wish that was more apparent. I wish he, right, I, I right, wish, and I it's not. His motivations yeah. in this. Yeah. Like, instead, I think this whole scene just services to back up the the, the 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 philosophy behind this movie and introduce the Merovingian and a lot of these elements for the third film, which kind of sucks. Kind of does this movie wrong. Uh, yeah. But Monica Bellucci stops them. She's tired of her husband's bullshit. She gives them what they want. If Neo agrees to kiss her like he kisses Trinity, and I've been saying this for years, Tim. 
You gotta, you just gotta kiss me like you kiss Gia. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, then he takes his glass. He kisses her first, and she's like, "That sucked. I'm gonna leave." And then he takes his glasses off, his cool little glasses off, and and uh, shows us why they called it an excellent adventure, Tim. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he can kiss. This shit is. It's weird, but I, I kind of like the idea of playing off of what they set up in the first movie of all the love shit b- between him and Trinity and like the kiss me like her and him having to do it and all that. I, I feel like there's something there that's really cool about like the idea of love even being a social construct to an extent and her kind of like wanting to to know what it feels like and all that. It's cool. I just, again, similar to what you guys were just saying, I don't think that they did the best job of getting the point they were trying to make across but I, I think that it's cool that they tried. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, she takes them through the kitchen doors. Uh, she shuts them. And then when she opens them back up with the key, uh, they pop out into a different area uh, that leads to a cool mansion. This is a cool effect. And I like this concept. I like the idea of like shortcuts, back end shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so cool. Um, and I like that. It, how it plays out to trap Neo in the end here. Yeah. Uh, of course, the, uh, the key master is being guarded by two. Are they werewolves? Or vampires. They're, they're, I think it's implying that they could be any of the mythical creatures that are taken out by silver bullets. Right. Is there a reason that their hair, especially when they kind of turned into the other forms, looked like the squid machines? Well, that's the twins. Oh, you, I'm you're talking, talking about, about these two oh. random vampires that are up there that are walking oh, dark gotcha. shadows. Gotcha. So gotcha. It's just like, yeah. It's weird they're dark walking shadows. dark shadows, that's which is a vampire. Yeah. yeah I, it was a vampire series. I, I can't 100% remember specifically, but at least one of them was a werewolf because they turn into one during Enter the Matrix. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, she shoots them with a silver bullet, so presumably yeah. they're werewolves because mm-hmm. you got kill it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Silver bullet, but she yeah, says she, she kills one and then tells the other one to go tell her husband what she's done. Kevin, what's up? It's just funny that she's like, these guys are really tough to kill, and then kills him and then reveals that, like, oh, yeah, you just need a silver bullet. Yeah. And it's like, all right, yeah. well, you just gave everyone well, the answer. She says they're notoriously hard to kill, right? In that, in the in the in the myth, they, it's hard to kill a werewolf, but I, and vampires. But hey, well, I think it's a cool concept. Them. I just wish they explored a little bit more. Something I noticed uh, around this scene uh, that I made a note for is in stark opposition to how amazing it was in the first movie. This movie's use of sunglasses reflections to show shots is so uninspired. And I would say distracting. Like, I don't think there's a single time in this movie that it's interesting. What is being seen in the sunglasses. Whereas in the first movie, anytime they do it, it is, part of the shot composition it is a it is a purposeful thing there's a purpose for yeah this it, it feels like oh things. it's cool but it's it's not and i, I think they, they they really really failed there again in making what the matrix should be they didn't really hit that there yeah for sure um anyway they rescue the key maker and uh he has a special key for neo but the merovingian and the twins interrupt him the twins turn into ghosts and run after the key master trinity and morpheus follow him while neo maker. stays maker excuse me not key master <laughs> I'm thinking Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. Well, cool uh, concept, but like, I feel like even that is convoluted, where it's like, all right, this guy, all he does, he makes keys, they create these shortcuts. You put them in a door, open it up, go somewhere else. Cool. First of all, you can use cool. them a lot more, guy, because you're not using them at all. Doors right? everywhere. Yeah, doors, doors everywhere. everywhere. Get the, easy for you to disappear. All you, you need know, to do is find a hole you know to stick key in. You know what I do, Kevin? I had two doors. I open one of them. Tim's standing on the other side. Throw a pie through that door. It hits Tim right in the back of the head from the other door. That's what Hilarious. Time. Hilarious. Portal. There we go. Uh, but then immediately they, they, they then set it up where it's like, all right, he can make the key that opens the, the door to the back end. But, like, can he just make a key to open the door to the source? 
No, well, he does, and he can, but they set up that the that they can only do it under a certain set of circumstances. Again, we're getting into Rise of Skywalker territory here, where we we can open up the source door, but it has to, we have to kill the power for twenty seven square blocks and all mm. this stuff, and that we have a five minute loop. And we have to do X, Y, and Z before we can achieve this goal. It's dizzying, but the choreography in this scene, I will say, I got to admit, is a banger. This might yeah, be my favorite fight scene in this. I yeah. love the shot and the music too. Oh. Mm. I love the shot where he stops it with his hand and actually can bleed. I love the shot where he, they're, they're cartwheeling off of the balcony uh-huh. or off of the staircases. The and side. then that amazing shot where we follow the last fighter as he jumps off the balcony to try to get Neo. And then, of course, that blunt, fucking horrible sound they use when he just clubs the guy's head with that big stick that he's got. Yeah. Super cool. It almost makes you forget that he could just snap his fingers and, and wipe these people <laughs> out of existence like Thanos. Uh, almost. Uh, let's see. Uh, the key maker leads uh, them into a parking lot, but the twins bust in and uh, and follow Morpheus, grabs a katana, I think, or maybe it was longer than a katana. It might have been whatever. It's a, a fucking Sephiroth sword, man, for Final Fantasy VII. It is shit. long. And then he has a full auto Glock, which is just the coolest thing ever. And we get we get to the car chase scene while Neo is trapped in the mountains 500 miles away. So he decides to fly to them. Link, of course, is narrating a lot of this stuff. Uh, Morpheus orders them to take the 101, which everyone who's ever lived in L.A. knows is 100% <laughs> suicide. Um, yes. And Naomi calls Link to figure out uh, where also, Morpheus is. I love how they randomly throw out a rule that is like so embedded into their Never world that makes no sense. And then like you think about it, it's like, all right. Uh, you know, an agent can pop like pop into anyone, and then a car stopping in front of you could really it's congestion, right? Yeah, yeah, it can really damage whatever you're doing. But it just, I love how it's like, wait a minute, you said never go on the freeway, and he's like, yeah, I said never go on the freeway, <laughs> but uh, we're gonna have to go on the freeway because maybe I'm wrong. And it's like, wow, all right. <laughs> I'll tell you this, though. I mean, I honestly think this was like an inside joke for anyone like that worked on the movie that lives in L.A. Because the fact that they're like the 101 suicide is it's so funny if you've been stuck in like going five miles takes you three hours or whatever it is in L.A. It's just mad. Don't remind me I'm doing it tomorrow. So, Oh, God, leave early and get Starbucks. <laughs> or don't get Starbucks off the pee like I had to. Um, then we get to this the freeway scene. And you can tell that this was the, this was the scene. They were like, this is going to be the, the yeah. hallmark of this movie mm-hmm. for sure. Um, famously, they shot this on what it was like an air, uh, airplane strip where they remade parts of the 101 and all that stuff. And it's cool. Um, it goes on, in my opinion, a little bit too long. Um, and they the way they get – well, first off, we get the shot where, where um, Morpheus nukes the twins – by cutting the car open and then twirling around and shooting them with a gun. And I got to say, it's not earned, but it's fucking awesome. It's such yeah. a cool visual. It is so yeah, great. Yeah, but then the twins, they go into the explosion as physical ghosts. people. Then they ghost, and then they're just gone for the rest of the, the, the series. They're dead. That's they're it. Ghosts. Did they die? Do you think they die? Fire kills ghosts, apparently. Silver bullets kills vampires in this world. Okay. I think they died. Yeah, I don't think they come back. I, I imagine they died there. It looked pretty... Yeah, uh, which I would look like a kill confirm type that's, shot. Because I feel like that's the opposite of what we've seen. Like whenever they're hurt, they go ghost and then they heal when they come back, right? Like think about the well, arm through the it, it does not make sense okay. at all. Again, all right, under happen. underutilized characters. I I just assumed at some point Neo would have an encounter with them and we never get it. Because no. even that smirk one of them gives Neo as he's trying to run through the door and he, they close it, I'm thinking, okay, they're going to pay this off later. Yeah. And they're going to have some kind of weird ghost 
fight or something, right? And it never happens. Maybe the climax of the movie, and it's not. We do get a cool part where they fight with a razor blade, though, in the car. I Dude, like th- th- this is my thing, man. I, I honestly think that I, I agree with you, Nick. It, I, I don't think you're wrong in saying it goes on too long because it is ridiculous how long this scene is. But again, oh, wow. I think that's what makes it work for me is that they're like, fuck it, we're committing to this. And I love the escalation of it. I love the amount of varied fights and action that's going on. Like this is the ultimate kind of chase scene because we get the in-car fight between them we get uh mano a mano on the top of trucks and stuff we get the motorcycles doing cool shit we get swords we get guns there's just we get superman coming in to save the day like it's kind of just action movie 101 of like what is any cool moment that's ever happened let's put it mm-hmm. all in one scene and i think the editing is superb i think they do such a good job with the the, the music and choreography and cuts and camera work oh my god the spinning camera work uh that they have in this it's just all so fucking cool and i think that they accomplish it here i think that all of this really really works for me it's just at the end of the day if the moment you start questioning, okay, but why are they doing this and why do I care? Yeah, it all falls apart immediately. Yeah. But yeah, when you just look does. at it as like they're trying to help Neo and also Neo's the one that should be helping them, mm-hmm. it's like, cool, all that's accomplished and it's dope as all fuck. Yeah, yeah, it's true. All, everything you said, I'm, I'm for, but there's just <laughs> moments in this where I'm like, weird choices were made. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of which was just from a logistics standpoint, they're on a Ducati. It's super fast. It's probably the place you want to be if you're stuck in one-on-one traffic. You want to be on a, a small, very fast automo- or a motorcycle that can weave in and out of traffic. And then she goes, why don't we put the keymaker on top of the slow-moving 24-foot truck? <laughs> right, that makes no sense at all. It makes no <laughs> sense. What's yeah. in tra- and they trap him there because it's not like the guy can jump off of this thing. But it leads to a cool scene where Morpheus gets to fight an agent. But then you're like, wait, didn't he get his ass handed to him by Agent Smith last time very easily? But now he's fearing better. Then he falls off and who should save him? Naomi, because we have to have something for her to do in this. And then Link's like, she's good, man. And it's like, well, then get her on the thing and let her fight. Like, what the fuck? Why is she in this movie? Why did we write this character so, so like, poorly? Um, sorry, just a pet peeve of mine. Anyway, Morpheus, uh, it ends with that cool hype moment where the two trucks bash together and it's super CG, but Neo comes in and saves him like Superman and it's cool. Uh, then Locke and his people set the stage. The machines are burrowing down and will beach, breach the walls of Zion in nine hours. Tim, start the clock. The keymaker tells them there was a building. Inside this building, there's an elevator. Inside that elevator, there is some steel. Inside that steel, there's some buttons. Inside the buttons, you can press one of the buttons and it goes to any of the floors, including one. It goes to two. It goes to, I'm like, just God, the way this is written. <laughs> Why is everything so pretentious? No, oh my God. And it's, I mean, that to me is what's funniest about this movie is it's so pretentious. And then we just got the most bullshit, ridiculous action scene ever. It's like the opposite of pretentious. It's just fucking like sheer fun and energy. Like the entire highway chase is just energy, 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 energy. And then you get to this and it's just like, Okay, well, I'm going to make you think real hard because I'm going to say a lot of words right now. And you're like, just don't. Please don't do this. It's it's just – it's it's at this point where you're like, this is actually like hard to follow. And as an yeah. audience member who, said, who just sat through a fucking 20-minute long freeway scene, you're going to hit me with all this stuff. Just say, hey, guys, there's a hallway at the end of which is a door. <laughs> and it's in a building, but we have to cut the power to the building. Because there's so it's just too much setup for this shit. Basically, yeah. you cut the power for 27 blocks, the alarm doesn't go off, and then they have a five minute window before the backup system hits hits back in. And it's like, all right, that's all super arbitrary, and it seems like we're just setting this up to have our our uh, characters go through some fucking unnecessary hurdles. But cool, I'm for it because Jerry's about to flip a fucking motorcycle at someone. 
But once again, this goes back to what we talked about before with Neo. They had to make it this convoluted because he's the problem solver. So they were like, let's make it super complicated so Neo can't just just fly right in and just phase through the code and do his thing. You know what I mean? Also put Trinity in a position where she has to step in without being able to talk to anyone about it. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, let's see. Morpheus tells that he's like, listen, man, there's three teams and this is fate. I see three teams, three objectives. I believe that this night holds for each and every one of us the meaning of our lives. Uh, Neo asked Trinity to stay out of the Matrix. He's like, you know, I need you to sit this one out. And she's like, bro, how good did that go last time you asked me to do that? And he's like, fuck, good call. Uh, Naomi questions whether or not she should believe in the prophecy stuff. And Morpheus is like, if I'm wrong, we'll all just die. And she's like, um... <laughs> <laughs> that's like, precisely okay. why i'm questioning yes. whether or not yes. i should believe in this uh not not the best thing to tell her anyway um but he's like hey let tomorrow be another day uh one of the ships has an unfortunate accident where the rails break which is weird uh and again this is one of those things where i'm like if this really was a secondary matrix this is genius but the fact that this rails just it's just pure coincidence that this rail happens to break and kill both the operators well, on the ship. It's kind of fucking weird, right? Yeah, it's during the, the conversation where it's essentially like there are no such things as coincidence. Right. Like all of this is planned and kind of exactly. going it's, – it's, it's routine. So this sense. was like Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2 levels of gore <laughs> where it it's like this does not belong in this movie. It is horrifying how these men die. And like yeah. the fact that we see their dead body after it, they're just yeah. brutalized. Well, yeah, then they're also course, then that... hit by a bomb, right? Yeah, it's crazy. And it's just and like they... all, everyone just does the like fall dead thing. Uh, they've already uh, Andy's up, home. Yay. <laughs> um, they've already blown up one of the power grids, but now this team sits dormant in the other one, which is super creepy. So Trinity knows what needs to be done. Link tells her they only have five minutes, to which she replies. And this probably should have been the line that I put in the beginning of this one because it's my favorite line of the movie. In five minutes, I'll tear that whole damn building down. And it's like, come on. All right, let's go. Flip that fucking Ducati at these guys and let's get this shit started. You, you know what I would have loved to have seen to kind of break that 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 scene up because we don't get it at all in, in Reloaded is? I would have loved to have seen the construct because remember in the first one, guns, lots of guns, and you see yeah. them get all the guns. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen Trinity go in there and basically get on the Ducati and like take off and it just, just takes off oh, through the construct into, into the Matrix. That would have been badass. That's, that's dope. Uh, of course, this guy just back up to where the, the beginning started. What's up, Kev? I was going to say, I think there has to be a phone line for them to pick up and to like bleep in in the same way yeah, they bloop out. Can't, you can't bring the Ducati through the phone. I've tried. Uh, Wait, then where did she get it from? I don't. I don't know. I think she. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know because you're right. They they couldn't come in. I, you think she answers the can phone? She, can on can the she just sit on it? Yeah, it's yeah, an answer I, the phone. I, guess, I don't know. Yeah, that, that does make sense. <laughs> Um, we get to the hallway and Smith pops out one of the doors and then multiple Smith pop out all the doors and they start fighting in a hallway until a few of them grab Morpheus and, and try to goo him. Uh, Trinity shuts down the grid as the keymaker makes his way to the door and opens it just in the nick of time. The grid goes down. Neo grabs Morpheus and literally flies him through, but the key ma- maker uh, takes a couple bullets in the chest. Uh, looks like he served his purpose. It was meant to be great. Uh, he tells Morpheus that one of the doors will, will take him home and gives Neo the key to the mainframe source, uh, which he'll, he'll know because it glows, a special glow of yellow and white. Neo heads through, and man, here we go. If you thought 
other parts of this movie were convoluted and overly written and very difficult to follow. You haven't seen anything yet. Welcome to The Architect. The goal was complex. The result was convoluted. Yes. Mm. And very difficult to follow. And I am not a stupid human being, despite what Kevin will say about me. But this is this is a lot of flowery language that could have been a little bit dumbed down for me to follow. Because I'm like, I don't really feel like rewinding this a thousand times. Again, I think there's probably a lot of geeks on Reddit who were like, you don't understand. He was this, that. Whatever, dude. Uh, it's a, We're two hours into this movie. I got to pee already. Let's... Cut to the chase, architect. What the hell is going on? Of course, uh, he says, why am I here? He says, you're an anomaly, which I can't eliminate, but I, I can plan for. Architect tells him there's been six other versions of the Matrix. No one uh, told him or uh, he's like, oh, there's only two, two reasons why. Either nobody told me or nobody knows. And he says, choice, choice is the problem. And you're like, is it? I don't know. I thought all this was predestined. And Trinity comes face to face with an agent and they fight. Uh, the first Matrix was perfect and failed. So the architect redesigned it to reflect uh, the varying grotesquities of the human nature. Uh, the answer required a lesser mind, the Oracle, as a program designed to observe human nature. And it's like, okay, the solution, people accepted the program as long as they were given a choice, even if it was subconscious. This is the part where I'm like, huh? I start, I start to get a little bit lost here. Where I'm like, okay. And then uh, this will be the sixth time they've destroyed Zion. All of this is part of the program. The function of the one is now to return to the source so they can download his code. And he, can, uh, he carries reinserting the prime program after which he'll, he can pick 23 people, which will help rebuild Zion. If he chooses not to, then the Matrix will crash and collapse everything inside, killing everyone attached. And uh, once the machines kill everyone in Zion, all of humanity will cease to exist. So this is the sixth or seventh iteration of the matrix sixth iteration right this is the sixth, this is the sixth? okay so if it's the sixth one the, the last movie when they talked about their first iteration and it was like a, a utopia is that one of the six no one knows uh, i don't know yeah we don't I, know yeah, but i yeah. that would be the assumption yeah right? the first the first two are the ones that are talked about right where they were like this one was heaven the other one was kind of hell yeah, it just seems like a weird thing for them to have set that up in the first one and then for this to add a lot more, but eh, that's this movie, I guess. Um, he, here's my question on, on all of this. I, I get, you know, there's the small percentage that he couldn't account for, the anomaly and all that, but seems like everything was going pretty swell for him as it was. Okay, you yeah. had a few resistance people out there. What's the need to to do all this right now? I guess that's one thing, even 20 years later, I still don't understand. I don't understand why they had to destroy Zion again, why the why the the one has to go back and select more people. It just it seems pointless. And it honestly goes against the first movie. If you believe everything that Smith was saying, mm -hmm. I, I find the idea interesting. I do. I find it. I, I, I do find it interesting that like this whole thing is a system that keeps a, a loop, basically, and that someone is trying to break the loop. I think that is pretty cool. Um, but it's difficult to understand, wrap your head around. Anyway, uh, Neo gets the 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 uh, the choice here, right? Either go save Trinity or go save all of humanity. And it's like, oh, that's kind of a no brainer. I guess I'll save all of humanity. But Neo's like, nope, I'm going to go save the woman I love. And the architect's mm -hmm. like, oh, no, this has never happened before. Neo picks the door on the left. Hope it's our greatest power and our biggest weakness, Tim. Trinity jumps out the window and gets a bullet from the agent as it follows. This scene goes on very long. Neo bursts out the window with a massive explosion and massive. flies forward trinity uh as a whirlwind of cars and debris fall behind him that's a cool shot i don't care what anyone says yeah no, that's bad it, that was badass that scene yeah, it's cool absolutely. but it's also so stupid of like he's going <laughs> so fast that it's he's pulling everything behind him hell you know, yeah like, he is kevin yeah. hell yeah 
I would drive that fast to save your life any day of the week, except for Sunday. That's my day to rest. Neo Bursa, let's see, Trinity takes that bullet, yada, 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 but he, I don't know, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I always thought of myself as your god, Kevin. Uh, Let's see, he he saves Trinity a second from hitting the ground, but of course she's got that bullet and she's going to die anyway. Neo takes him in his arms and whispers just like she whispered to him, Trinity, I know you can hear me. I won't let you go. I can't. I love you too damn much. And he reaches in and restarts her heart. And she comes back to life and is like, cool. I got to make out with you now because that's the hottest thing anyone's ever done. And then Trinity says, I guess that makes us even. And it's like, these two have good chemistry. Yeah, uh, I wish this was cooler. Uh, this really didn't hit for me where I'm just like, okay, th- this is how she dies. And this is how she comes back. Seems we, it, it goes against what we've been saying of like, oh, he could just snap his fingers and fix the whole problem. And he never does. He does it here. And it's not satisfying. Right. Well, it's kind of uh, like the opposite of what happened in the last movie where he dies and she like talks him I'm, out of it. I'm right? clear. I'm yeah. just like the architect being like, go through this door. This door is just like in the last movie where they're like, take this pill or this pill. It's like, sure, OK, sure. Not okay. A choice. You either have a choice or you don't. What, I can't one tell. question. I mean, one question with the architect thing. So he's saying that all six iterations of the one chose to save all the people. Right. Yes. Okay, yes. Cool. And that's but, part that's part of the equation, that percentage. He he had there at, at, at a certain level, there has to be a choice. And he's basically stacked the deck that the one is always going to choose humanity over over a, a selfish thing going for one person. But this version of the one actually has Trinity, who he loves. So he's choosing his love. That's the difference between the previous ones. Right. He does. He makes that point that there's always there's always a love. But it's never been a person before, in this right? Specifically, right. which is interesting. It's like an anomaly that he has to, he didn't account for. Anyway, quick quick uh, question I have. I know we're going along on the the details of this scene, but sure. there's a lot to break down. This uh, is a very important scene. The, the the scene of him in the room with all the TVs is very cool looking, obviously, and like like the different like issues of war and all that stuff. But when it cuts to a bunch of different neos, it's a very cool looking shot. But I'm a little lost as to why, like, what that's supposed to represent because it wasn't there only. Isn't he the sixth? No, I think it's all the Those permutations are... of things that he's thinking about. In his mind. Yes, yeah. it's it's different. Oh, it's okay. that Neo and different, yeah, oh. choices and and emotions that he would have okay. in that moment. It's, it's then, all the like emotions that he could right. have, right? right? Yeah, right. Right. all his reactions that were possible. Now, that's I'll pretty dope. Cool that's concept. why we zoom into one, and it yeah. is the actual reaction he's having. Yeah, right. cool concept. Cool scene. Kind of feels. And I understand why they're doing it, but the mechanic kind of feels overused by the time we get to the end of this because it happens like four times. <laughs> like, how many yeah. times are you going to keep going in this movie? But I understand why. Um, anyway, that's that scene. Uh, back on the Nebuchadnezzar, Morpheus is perplexed. The one reaching the source should have been the end game. The prophecy was a lie. The one was never meant to end anything, it was all another system of control. Mm-hmm. Zion will be destroyed now in 24 hours. Alarms go <laughs> off. Squid. Squids prepare to uh, a bomb uh, just out of the EP, e- EMP range. Uh, we have to get out of here now. So they leave the ship as it explodes behind them. Morpheus watches as it goes up in flames. Uh, and then he says to himself, I have dreamed a dream. And now that dream is gone from me. Uh, again, Lawrence Fisher could say literally everything. Such I would a good listen. line, yeah. Um, they run and the squids uh, give chase, but Neo stops them. And this is one of those weird things. It's like, okay, well, how could he be able to do this in the real world, right? How indeed. Something is different, or he stops, excuse me. Something is different. He turns around and stops the squid dead in their tracks with like a bolt of lightning, just like takes the, the energy right out of them. And then uh, the hammer, well, that makes him pass out from exertion. The hammer comes and picks them up. 
The captain of the hammer tells Morpheus that they ambushed or the ambush for the machines failed. Someone triggered an EMP. And all the ships were destroyed by the squids. Uh, there was only one survivor. And we cut to Neil laying unconscious on a table. As the camera um, pans over, uh, we see Bane laying unconscious on the other table. Only we know it's not Bane. It's Agent Smith. And then Calm Like a Bomb plays mid midway through the song. It just hits by Rage Against the Machine. And man, I feel betrayed. I'm yeah. like, wow, we really no. were trying to end this movie like we ended the other one. And this is not a good use of Rage Against the Machine. The no, the, the moment of him using his powers in the real world is so damn cool. But it, it doesn't feel like an end of movie moment. It definitely feels like a, this would have been a cool two thirds into a Level movie up. type thing that we then, yeah, that we like deal with. And obviously this movie was part two of three which was going to come really soon but i think this is such a lame ending especially compared to the end of the first like nick was saying which is a 10 out of 10 end Mm -hmm. uh then we get the trailer did you watch that i did not i'm sorry yeah was that the very end Uh, the post credit scene is the trailer for revolutions and i recommend y'all watch it it is like a minute and a half of the most insane like opera choir and just action 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 none of it makes sense but it is extremely exciting uh but with that note Nick, hit me with a little thing called haiku and review. Seven syllables in the middle. We've got five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, hey, no need to sweat it. Haikus, they don't need to rhyme. Mm-hmm. Haiku in review. Haiku in review. Everybody, let's rhyme. You can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny to write your reviews in haiku form, just like Meg L, who says our heroes are spent. Neo lies to Morpheus. Something's different. Jeremy Zuccarello says such a weird sequel. Felt like a Star Wars prequel. It was unequal. Wow. Good job. Good job. Didn't have to rhyme, but that was great. Uh, Joe Merton says, Neo slash Trinity. Avoid the sweat mud orgy for freaky plug sex. There was a lot of that. It was a lot. Of <sighs> yeah. So they so play plugs. Plugs. Uh, Matt Bowers yeah, says, the plugs. weird freaky ghost twins. Lots of Smiths are here to fight. That cake hit different. And then finally, Grant Burton says, Smith, 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 Smith. Damn it. I lost count. That was good. That was good. Ragu Bagu. Ragu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Rag Guys Talk Bad Guys. Number one on the list for the Matrix is Agent Smith and the Machines. Where do we want to put Agent Smiths and the Merovingian and the Architect? Uh, man i number two right yeah it's it's number yeah. two yeah <laughs> i think the action scenes are cool but like god that like oh, nothing about the story of or characters of them is better than the first movie although i, I am interested in smith's storyline in this i just wish we got more of it directly but there, there you go, go. Number, number two, two. and then ranking the movies currently number one is the matrix does anyone yep. have any thoughts on this movie being above that absolutely no exactly so there we go the matrix reloaded is number two we will be back next week i'm so sorry that these things have been kind of out of order there's been a lot of scheduling issues clearly andy's not here he's still going through stuff there's a lot of uh calendar stuff happening so uh the matrix revolutions will be the first in review next week because the second one is spider-man no way home and that is extremely exciting for everyone involved but until then paris thank you so much for joining us where can people find you you can find me right here at Kind of Funny. <laughs> hey! Until next time, I love you all. Goodbye.